I want to get into the Word with you this morning. This is going to be different today because today I am not going to be preaching a normal message. I have um, really felt in my spirit that I needed to address what's going on in Israel right now. And I feel like, I feel like God wants to speak to us about the situation that's taking place. We need to know what's going on. We need to know where we are in God's timeline. And what does the Bible say about the end of the age? What does the Bible say about the end of the age? There are many opinions out there. Many are so sincere in their sharing of what they believe is happening on the planet right now. And so we listen, we take note, but we also need to, more than anything else, pay attention to what God's Word says so that we can be prepared properly for when the Lord returns. The last week in Israel is nothing short of absolutely horrific. The attack on Israel by Hamas, which is a terrorist organization, is nothing short of inhumane. The fact that they went in and slaughtered women, children, and even elder, the elderly in the most horrendous ways. And if you've been able to see some of the footage online, you know what I'm talking about. It was an absolute terrorist attack. It was not anything that should happen. And unfortunately, it has. Last weekend, a lot of people were overwhelmed with what took place in Israel when like three to 400 people were killed. But what many don't realize is that just in one week, more than 1,300 Israelis have been murdered, have been killed in this war. 3,300 have been wounded. On the other side of it, in Gaza, there have been Palestinians that have been killed as well. Some of them are obviously those that have been involved in, in, in infiltrating in Israel. And then there are also others that are innocent people, which we obviously not happy about. We don't condone that at all. So there's been 2,100, they say, around 2,100 that have been killed in Gaza. I want you to understand something, that Israel's defense of what's taking place is something that they had to do. They had to do what they did. They had to, they had to defend themselves because the hostage situation that's taking place is unbelievable. I saw a video of a place where I think, I stand to correction, but I believe it was like 250 hostages. And if you know what's happening to the hostages, the majority of them are being slaughtered, including children. I mean, it's just absolutely shocking. So Israel is doing everything they can to warn the people in Gaza to get out. Many, many in, the, in the political world are saying that's impossible, and, they, they, you know, and, and obviously it is difficult. But you must understand, unless Israel defends herself, this onslaught will not end. So they have to do something to protect themselves. They've done everything they can, sent out letters. I actually saw a video this morning, early in the early hours of, a, of, of how they sent out these messages, warning the people, telling them to leave. The terrorists love to hide amongst civilians. It's shocking. It's terrible. It's disgusting. And so I want you to just be aware that this is obviously going on. I'm almost sure that everyone in the room knows about what's taking place there at the moment. So how does this affect us? Does this mean that now because this is taking place in our time, that this is the end of the world? That Jesus is about to return? And these are all important questions. One thing I want you to understand is that whenever anything happens to Israel, we will always as the church pay attention. Because we understand that Israel is involved in biblical prophecy for the end of the age. That's without question. 
the thing that you mustn't neglect to remember is that this is not the first time that Israel has been attacked in our dispensation, the New Testament dispensation. There have been many wars. There have been many, many, many wars that have taken place, many evil atrocities that have taken place, World War I, World War II, the Holocaust. I mean, and, and, and in all of these circumstances, in all of these times, many biblical scholars have said, this is it. It's the end. Get ready. Be prepared. Prophecy has been fulfilled. Because prophecy is up for interpretation in many ways. We know that the nation of Israel was, you know, that was restored and, and the people came back to Israel. That was a huge biblical prophecy that came to pass. And most certainly the beginning of, 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 of us paying attention that the end is coming. Because it's what the Bible says will happen. So we're aware of these things. The Yom Kippur War took place. And even at the Yom Kippur War, there were many, many that said this is the end. It's now over. This is biblical prophecy being fulfilled. And I think in all these situations, parts of prophecy may be fulfilled. But understand something that prophecy is not always easy to interpret because it's always up for interpretation. But there are certain things that are in Scripture that we know for sure. And those are the things I want us to pay attention to this morning. Is everybody okay? All right, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world other than this war at the end of the sermon because I think it's extremely important. There's no question that right now on the planet, things are really heating up. Our economy here in the United States and even the economies of the world all seem to be moving in the direction of what biblical prophecy says will happen at the end of the age. How long that will take, nobody knows how long that will take. But I think that we should always be ready and prepared as individuals for the coming of the Lord. Now, one of the biblical prophecies that many of the scholars right now, when I say scholars, prof prophetic people, many out there are quoting specific biblical prophecies over what's taking place right now in Israel. And the one prophecy that they're going to all the time is the one in Ezekiel 37 and 38. And I'm going to read it to you in just a moment because I want you to have a look at what's happening in Israel. And I want you to try and see, does it match the biblical prophecy in Ezekiel 38? Talking about biblical prophecy is not easy to preach about because we're getting into stuff now. So you have to stay with me. Is that okay? All right, now remember, it's always up for interpretation, but there are certain things that we can see, certain indicators that we need to look for. Most scholars agree that this war is the war that will lead up to the coming of the Lord. This is it. This is a big one. And so we need to definitely pay attention to it. I don't want to read everything, and I'm going to mention a few things to you because, again, certain people are saying certain things, and we should always pay attention. It's good to be knowledgeable. Ezekiel 38, verse number one. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshech, and Tubla, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshech, and Tubal. I will turn you around Put hicks, hooks into your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, 
all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them, are with them all of them with shields and helmets. Goma and all its troops, the house of, of Tokma, from the far north to all its troops, many people are with you. Now, when we look at this, there are many that are talking about different nations with regards to what's spoken of here in Scripture. In order for this to be biblical prophecy that's taking place right now, there is just one thing I want to point out to you, because even these nations are up for interpretation. We don't know for sure yet, and there are many that say many different things. But I want to say this, that right now there are a few players that could, that could indicate that something's going on. The one is, if you look in verse number two, it says, it says, the son of man set your face against Gog of the land of Magog. Magog there, many biblical scholars believe is Russia. It could be, could, may, might not be. But Russia comes into play. Also in verse number five, we know this, that Persia is modern day Iran. Now, people immediately, when Iran's now involved, because things are heating up, and there's tension with Iran, and Iran is sort of always involved when it comes to Israel, especially now, more than ever, it seems, that that's it, now it's, it's over. Well, you must remember that, first of all, tension between Israel and Iran is nothing new. There are talks about Iran having a nuclear weapon that is almost ready to go. That is something we should pay attention to. Now, if, if Magog is Russia, and Russia and Iran become allies in this war, then we definitely need to pay attention. It's something we should be aware of. But it may not be that way. As of right now, there's many tensions going on. And understand, when Israel is being attacked, is under attack, terrorists will always try and take advantage of the situation. So seeing other nations get involved, it's not the first time it's happened. So understand, it's not the first time it's happened. But it's important that we read on, because if you read that, you think, okay, so if Russia gets involved, if Iran gets involved, this is it. No, not necessarily. Let's read on and see what it says. Verse number seven. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a God for them. After many days you will be visited, in the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Okay, I could stop there. Actually, let me stop there. First of all, I want you to see that at the moment that this is about to take place, the land of Israel is in safety. Let's, so in other words, Israel's borders are safe. There is no real hostility going on in Israel when this is about to take place. This war, end time war is about to take place. It speaks of the land of Israel being in safety. Now that's just one thing. Let's read on. I can see you all really paying attention this morning. <laughs> you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many people with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass 
that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land unwilling, uh, un I will go up against a land unwalled villages, of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor, nor gates. Guys, I have been to Israel. There are gates and bars everywhere. There are walls set up all over the place. There is no peace in Israel right now. The, the, the friction, the tension between the Palestinians and the Israelis at this moment is at the highest proportion. Last year when we arrived at Israel with our tour group, what should have been a 35-minute drive took like nearly two hours as far as I can remember because there was riots in the streets. This peace that is spoken of before this war is about to take place doesn't seem to be the case that's right now or was right now before this attack took place. You need to pay attention to that. It's important for us to take note of that. Does that mean that this couldn't be the beginning? It might be. I, I don't know. But it doesn't quite seem to match 100%. The truth is we don't know for sure what God regards as fully peaceful or not fully peaceful. But if you watch the video, which was absolutely awful, at the festival where they got attacked, what's interesting to note is that you can see in the background they're having a good time at the festival, and in the background there are rockets firing, and nobody worries about it. Why? Because they're used to the unrest. But have you ever lived in a place where there are rockets firing? Does that sound like peace to you? So Israel, before this war has broken out, is without any doubt not in a state of total peace that is spoken of in this scripture. This is something that I feel we should take note of because there are many at the moment that are adamant that this is what's taking place. I'm not here to tell you it is or it isn't, but I am here to tell you that it doesn't seem to match when it comes to peace. And when it comes to peace before the end of the age, Jesus has a lot to say about that. Is everybody still doing good? All right. So that's the first thing. Now, it's important for us to take a look at what the Bible says when it comes to the end of the age. How are we supposed to react? What are we supposed to look for? I want to go to Thessalonians first because it describes the coming of the Lord. And in this scripture, I want you to see that this is what we're talking about. And then there's something that is said that is very important for us to note. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 14. Once we're done in Thessalonians, we'll go to Matthew and see what Jesus himself said. First Thessalonians 4, 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will meet him ahead, we will meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them 
we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, why does he say this? Look, verse 18. So encourage each other with these words. He's coming again. It's good news. Don't worry. It's, not the, it's, it's, it's the end of the world, but not the end of the world. Are you with me? When it happens, it's okay because we're going to be with him forever. So you can see the context is clearly about the coming of the Lord. Now watch what they say in, in chapter 5. This is the, it's directly after this. Watch what he says. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 1. Now concerning how and when this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. Why? Because what's been said has already been said. I don't need to add too much to what's already been written in the Bible about biblical prophecy and when the Lord will return. And we'll specifically see what Jesus had to say about it. And the early church understood this. So he's saying, we don't really need to write to you more about this because you already know what's going to happen. You already know you don't need to worry. Everything's under control. Now watch. For you know quite well that the day of the, Lord, of the Lord's return will come, watch this now, unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. Like a thief in the night. Unexpectedly. Like a thief in the night. It's interesting that as soon as there's a war, or as soon as something happens on the planet, COVID, whatever it is, all of a sudden it's the end. Get ready, Jesus is coming. But the Bible says it will come unexpectedly. In other words, it's not going to be when you think. It's going to be when you don't think. I mean, I'm trying to like break it down and let you understand this. The signs that we think are the signs are not necessarily the signs. What we do know is that not only here, but in other places, and Jesus will tell us the same. You are not going to expect it. You are not going to know when it is. So don't let anybody try and persuade you that this is now the end. I know it's disappointing because you all like bad news. <laughs> Watch what he says. Now this ties into... What I read to you in Ezekiel. Watch this now. When the people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, when the people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them all as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pangs, and there will be no escape. Now, it's easy to say, well, that's exactly what's taken place. But the truth is, is that there hasn't really been peace. The truth is, is that everything has not really been secure. In Israel, and especially in Jerusalem, where we know the heat's going to be really hot. There's stuff going on all the time. I know, I've been there twice. And I know people that have been there multiple times, much more than I have. And there's always something going on in the East, especially in, in Israel. Now watch. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes, how? Like a thief. For you are all children of the light 
and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. In other words, listen, be ready all the time. Because if you're ready and tomorrow you get hit by a bus, aren't you glad you were ready? You should be ready for the coming of the Lord or His return at any time because you don't know how long you will, you may not even make it out the building. We don't know, so we should always be vigilant. We should always be ready. But he also says this. He says that we should be clear-headed. We should be sober-minded. So don't let everybody come with every wind of doctrine or trickery to try and persuade you. And understand this. If you're able to get fear in you so quickly because of what people say, is that a good thing? No. Now, if you're in Israel right now and war's breaking out, I'm sure that it's uncomfortable because they're in the midst of war. But the rest of the world is watching. And we should be aware that, listen, at any time, things could get hostile on the planet. So we always be prepared. We always make sure we we take care of our affairs and we're ready for whatever comes. So in no way am I suggesting that you should not be prepared or you should not be safe. Are you guys with me? He says in verse 7, night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us, let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Oh, I love that, and I could preach about that for hours. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Great news. Now, this is one of many biblical accounts of what will take place in the end with very, very specific warnings. But what did Jesus say? Listen, if there was any prophet that we can count on, it's Jesus. If there's any prophet who speaks the most plainly It's Jesus. And he really does when he talks about the end of the age. There's a lot of noise, guys. There's a lot of things being said. And it's not all bad. Some of it is good. And you should be knowledgeable and you should listen. But first and foremost, pay attention to what Jesus has said about the end. Can we all agree? Let's go to Matthew 24, verse number 6. Matthew 24, verse number six. It's interesting because as I'm about to read this, 90%, or I don't know if that's a correct figure, but a large percentage of the church will immediately say, this is the sign of the end. But if you read it carefully, you'll see this is not the sign of the end. What does it say? And you will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But he's about to tell us that this is not the sign. Look at what he says. But the end won't follow immediately. Ah. (laughs) But what happens to us is as soon as there's a war, and especially if Israel's involved, it's the end. It's over. Let's get out. 
campers ready in our tents and pack up because we need to go and hide. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to mock you, but I want you to understand you need to read the Bible carefully because he tells us that this is not the end. These things will take place, but the end will, won't follow immediately. Watch what he says. He's telling us that what you're seeing, what you will see is not the end. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Oh, there was an earthquake in China. It's the end of the world. No, it's not. These things will happen. Jesus said these things will take place. Don't panic. Are you with me, guys? But all this is the first of the birth pangs. And then he says this, with more to come. So all the unrest, all the wars and rumors of wars and all the things that take place is not the end of the age. It's just the beginning of the birth pangs of what must take place and what will still take place. So don't panic, guys. So many Christians get so upset and so panicky, and then they send me videos of, of, of how it's finished, and we need to prepare because it's all over now. But that's not what Jesus told us to do. He told us in any circumstances, under all circumstances, be ready. Be prepared. Because when He comes, no one's going to expect it. No one's going to know. But when there's wars and rumors of wars, I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. Everybody thinks now's the time, let's get ready. But he actually tells us that when these things happen, he's not coming. I didn't say it, it was in the Bible. He says in verse eight, but all this is only the first of the birth pangs with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Man, is that not the truth? Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will go grow cold. Guys, let me tell you something. Paul wrote in Corinthians about how love is the most important thing. If love isn't present in the church, we are in big trouble. And he says in the last days in the church, the love of many will grow cold. These are, the, these are all things that we're gonna see take place before the Lord returns. There's many things that are in the church that are happening, but I still believe that there are things that need to still happen in the church. The divide between true and false will become ever and ever increasingly more visible to some and invisible to others. But it's gonna happen. These are things that must take place. Some of them have started, I honestly believe, personally, you make up your own mind that there are still things that God wants to do with the church and that must still take place with the church. Does that mean he can't come in, in three months from now or next week? He can do whatever he wants. Now watch, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. 
and verse 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Many think that's it. That's, that's the end of, the, of, of, his, of his talking about the end times. The end will come when the gospel of the kingdom is preached to all nations. Just so you're aware, the gospel of the kingdom has not yet been preached to all nations. We're close from what they say. But it hasn't yet fully been done. Does that mean that it can't be done within the next few months? I'm sure it can. But you must be aware of the fact that as of right this very moment, do not be deceived. If someone says to you, listen, in September we're going to get raptured, it's the end, don't be deceived. That's impossible. Nobody can do that. Nobody has authority according to Scripture to give you a date. You see, what's important for us to recognize is that Jesus has not yet finished talking about the end of the age. In fact, he goes on and shares a lot more. Look at where we are. We're in Matthew 24, verse 6 to 14. That's where we were. Let's go to verse 36. Matthew 24, verse 36. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son of Man. Only the Father knows. Everybody look at me. Does the Bible say that there will be some prophet that will be given the date for the end of the age? Does the Bible say that there will be some angelic visitation of scrolls that will be given to some individual who will be able to determine and calculate the end of the age. The Bible says that no one, and everybody please, please as your pastor, never forget that. No one knows. I don't know, you don't know, neither does any other minister that preaches the gospel know the day that the Lord will return. Jesus goes as far as to say that even he doesn't know. I think he's trying to make a point. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Alex, does the Bible not say that the Lord does nothing on the earth except he reveal his secrets to the prophets? Yes, but not this one. Not this one. This one he shares with no one. I don't believe that Jesus lies. So do not be persuaded. I have seen over the years, guys, and I tell you, when I was a younger Christian, I remember listening to one individual, wonderful preacher, great preacher, powerful man of God. I loved his ministry so much, and he was telling us about that the end is gonna be like between this date. And I'm like, man, I think he might be right. You know, and I'm like starting to get anxious about it, and I'm starting to think about it, and it's starting to bother me and everything. Listen, this was like 20 years ago. We're still here. Then 2000 came and it was the end of the world and everyone was prophesying that 2000 is the 666 and everything's going to stop and the world's going to fall apart and we're all going to die. Kumbaya. <laughs> but guess what? You're still here. Then COVID came and that was it. We'll never be the same and we're never we're going to wear masks forever and we're all going to die. But here you are and it's Sunday morning and you're sitting in church and things may not be the way they were but you're still going on. You still have a race to run. You still have to finish strong. There are still some things that the Lord wants you to do. It's not over yet. 
So you can spend your time waiting for the end to happen or you can live every day preaching the gospel like it might be your last with all of your heart, sharing the love of Jesus to those who are broken and hurting and dying. We have a mandate. We have to be the church and we have to spread His light whether it's going well or whether it's going bad. That's our mandate. That's what He called us to do. No one knows, verse 36. And then he says something very profound. And while we're all looking at wars and rumors of wars and everything going on on the earth, we miss the main sign because he tells us what it will be like on the earth when he returns. Watch this. Verse 37. When the Son of Man returns, this is what He says. When He comes back, this is what we will see on the earth. This is a guarantee, guys. This is what He says it will be like on the earth. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat, his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women, women will be grinding flour in the mill and one will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch. Keep watch, church. For you do not know the day the Lord is coming. You do not know. He says, understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. There's the lesson. There's the lesson. Be ready. Be prepared. Let your spiritual bags be packed, but not only for the coming of the Lord, but for the day that you go to meet him. Be ready. Live your life like it's your last. Are you with me? You also must be ready all the time. Now watch. This is what the Bible says. For the Son of Man will come when the war breaks out. When you least expect it. <laughs> I love the Lord so much because He puts us all in our place just like that. That's why when we approach biblical prophecy, let's do it humbly. Because we only know in part. But what Jesus said, take it word for word. It's a guarantee. And it's pretty plain. Put that scripture up for me, please, the last one. Be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. More than likely... It will be when everybody thinks it's all good and the world is the best it's been in a long time. Not when it's all going bad. More than likely, but nobody knows. <laughs> nobody really knows. Amen. Nobody really knows when he will return. I really feel like this is so important for us right now, that we take a hold of this, that we understand that we need to 
walk and be close to the Lord in everything that we do. I really believe that, it, that, that there are many well-meaning people that share a lot of good information, but filter it through those scriptures. Make sure that before you put your faith in something that is more opinion than scripture, make sure you do that first. First, go to scripture. The guys have been wrong too many times, guys, and they won't be wrong. this will not be the last time they're wrong. When is he coming? Do you want to know my opinion? I have no idea. I have no clue. I think that's the most biblical answer I can give you. Because he says that that's the way it's going to be. Amen. Does that mean that, oh, we can relax? No. He tells us be prepared. He tells us to keep watch. He says, make sure your house is ready. I love the way the New Living Translation puts that, like, like as if a burglar is going to come, be ready. Because he comes as a thief in the night to snatch us away. Some people are dreading that. I can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. But the problem is, is that so many in the church become so fearful and so full of anxiety. They can't sleep at night because they're so worried about what's happening. I understand that you feel that way. But the Bible teaches us that we should be anxious of nothing. But in everything with prayers and supplications, we should come before the Lord. You have nothing to be afraid of, whether in living or dying. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you serve him and you live that way like you're ready, you don't have to worry. You have nothing to be scared of. So I wanted to come and share this with you because I know there's a lot out there at the moment. Lots of experts, and some of them really are experts in this area. I'm not an expert, but I know what Jesus said, and I choose to live that way. I will listen to the information. I will watch the, I watch the news. My dad watches it more than me, so I phone him. Give me the updates. Because <laughs> I need to know. I want to know. I need to lead you as your pastor. I need, to, I need to know what's going on so I can share with you. But I also don't want you to be an anxious sheep that's afraid unnecessarily because of a lot of different opinions. Be prepared. Be ready. But do not fear. So what do we do in a time like this when things are chaotic around the world? How about we pray? How about we pray for Israel this morning? How about we pray for innocent people that are being killed, even in Gaza? And how about we pray that God will protect our beautiful nation, America? All right, we're going to do that in just a moment. But there's one thing I don't want to forget. This is so important. While we're looking at rumors of wars and wars and all this stuff, Jesus says this. When he comes, it will be as it was in the days of Noah. The greatest war on us right now is the one we cannot see with our eyes necessarily while our children are being poisoned and taught that you can be anything you want. You don't have to be a man or a woman. You can identify with anything. You see, in the days of Noah, what was going on on the earth was so atrocious that God had to wipe it out because the human gene had been messed with. God's creation 
a, a man and a woman had been messed with. How do we know? Because the Bible teaches us that when the sons of God went into the daughters of men, there were giants in the land. If you read other accounts, like the book of Enoch, it tells you plainly what that is. Fallen angels that bred with men. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it happened. It happened. And there were giants in the land. The word giants in the Hebrew means Nephilim. The word Nephilim is these creatures that were not completely human. So Satan's plan is to once again do the same thing in a different way. Now we're doing it to ourselves. So you go and ask a person that doesn't believe that they are a man or a woman, and you know what the majority of them end up saying eventually? This is where it leads. I've watched video after video after video after video. How do you identify? Oh, I identify as we. What, is, what, what do you mean we? Well, you know, I'm neither a boy or, or girl. Uh, so why, why we? Well, because there's many. Oh, there's many? Well, you see, when you lose who you are, when you lose your identity, when you lose your right to yourself, you open a door. And one of the videos done by an interviewer, the, the person doing the interview was not a Christian, said to this young man, couldn't have been more than 21 years old, said to him, how do you identify? He said, no, no, as we. Sometimes him and her and us, and, but we, we. We are we. So what do you mean we? He says, well, you know, there's many of us here. So the interviewer said, what do you mean there's many? He said, actually, we are legion. It's interesting. Another place in Scripture says it will be like it was in the days of Noah and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? You see, Abraham fought hard that God would not wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, but the atrocities, the atrocities, what was taking place in Sodom and Gomorrah was so evil that when the two angels arrived at the gate of Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened was the Bible says that the men of the city wanted to know the angels carnally. I don't think I need to explain to you what that means. But it was an evil that had to be destroyed. So it will be at the coming of the Lord in the final hour that things will be so bad. Listen, guys. Do you know that here in Vero Beach, we have a group of ladies fighting so hard to keep perversions out of our schools to keep books about all kinds of evil that the world calls good in our schools. They are fighting hard. Everybody calls them crazy. I call them heroes. I call them heroes. You can get mad if you want to. I'm telling you now, that is what will spur on what will happen in the end. Because our kids now are learning this stuff. They're gonna grow up and be adults and think that all of this is okay, what's next? Any person to any creature? You don't think it's possible? Do you think we would be, did you think we would be here 10 years ago? I know I didn't. So if you want to know what the real sign will look like, I can tell you it's busy happening. How long is it gonna take before it gets to that point where it's so bad that God says that's it? Only he knows. You all look so shocked. <laughs> Amen. 
But I have to teach you this so that you will always be prepared and be anxious of nothing. Amen. All right. Let us pray for Israel. Let us pray for America together. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit, whatever you choose. But let's agree this morning. Father, this morning in this place, we stand together as a church, Lord. Just one. Many, many, many churches all over the nations, Lord. And this morning we stand in agreement with those that are praying, God. First and foremost, Lord, we think of those in Israel. Your people, Father, they are also your people. And Lord, your word commands us, instructs us to pray for Jerusalem, for Israel. So this morning we lift up the innocent and the hurting and the broken. Those families that have been wounded, Father, with family members that have been lost, family members that have been murdered, family members that have been caught into, into uh, uh, where, they've, where they've been kept, Father. We pray for them this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would step in, God. Lord, we pray for mercy over judgment. We pray, Father, that you would shower your mercy over Israel, over the land of Israel. Lord, we pray for protection. We pray for restoration and we pray for healing and we pray for peace, God. Lord, we also pray for those in Gaza that are innocent, innocent men, women and children. We pray for them, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus for evil is evil. And so we pray against those, those innocent that are being harmed and wounded, Father. We pray, Lord, this morning specifically for our nation, America. Lord, we know that America is an enemy of many, especially those who hate Israel. They hate America. So this morning we stand in agreement and ask, Father, that you would place a hedge of protection around us that you would reveal the plans of the enemy to our military forces, oh God, that you would surround this place with your angels, Father, for, for they say judgment to America, but we ask for mercy, God, for surely this nation, America, is hated, not only because of the dollar that has been sent around the world, but also because missionaries and the Christian nations have been birthed out of this nation, many, 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 God, so they hate this nation. And so we pray, God, for your protection and your mercy over our land, America. Lord, we pray for, for the church to arise in this hour and take up her place, God, as the, as the second coming of our King is ushered in, Lord. Lord, we look forward to your coming, Jesus. We look forward to your return. But this morning in this place, we stand, Father, humbly before you. We stand humbly before you and ask for your mercy, Lord. Send revival to the nation. Send revival to this nation, Father. And now I pray, God, for this church, for those watching online that are connected to us, I pray for them now. Lord, in the midst of all this stuff going on, help us to be sober-minded. Help us to be anxious of nothing. But in everything, be prayerful. Come to you, God, for surely you are our strength, our strong tower, our peace, our protector, everything we need, we find in you. So I ask God that you would protect your people in this place, that you would surround them with your angels and that you would give them wisdom and peace as we move forward as a church, Father. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We worship and praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful, peaceful week and we will see you next week.